Engaging customers on a personal level and getting them to keep coming back is every marketer's number one goal. Over 4,000 brands have discovered the secret to reaching millions of consumers and actually getting them to pay attention. Say hello to Attentive, the most comprehensive text message marketing solution. Attentive's platform can take your business to the next level by allowing you to have real-time, personalized conversations with customers via text messaging and build relationships with them in the process. Join industry-leading marketers and learn how you can turn SMS into a top three revenue channel with Attentive. Visit attentivemobile.com slash rethink to request a demo. Hello, and welcome to the Retail Rundown Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Lewis. Joining me today is my guest, Bill Reddy. Bill is the president of Google Commerce, where he leads Google's commerce business, which includes shopping, travel, and lens, along with Google's payments and emerging markets businesses. Before joining Google, Bill was the chief operating officer at PayPal, responsible for product, technology, engineering, end-to-end customer experiences, and chaired PayPal's operating group, which was responsible for delivering on revenue and profit goals for the company globally. Previously, Bill was CEO of Braintree and Venmo, building both from early stage startups to industry leaders, which were ultimately acquired by PayPal. He also served as executive in residence at Excel Partners, a leading Silicon Valley venture capital and growth equity firm, as president of iPay Technologies, where he guided the company through a period of rapid growth and subsequent sale, and worked as a strategy consultant for McKinsey & Company. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's great to be here. So let's start with some broad strokes. What are some of the biggest shifts in consumer behavior that are having such an impact on global commerce these days? Well, you know, as we all know, the, the pandemic has been a catalyst of a number of key consumer trends. It's accelerated shopping behaviors, which were already underway, but went through periods of tremendous growth. And we think that many of these are here to stay. And there are, I'd say three key trends that we're seeing and watching closely. First is that more consumers are turning to digital for inspiration. So U.S. consumers now spend more time online than ever before. In fact, on average, U.S. adults are spending almost eight hours per day on digital media. And it's where shoppers are discovering new products and finding inspiration. Uh, In fact, we've seen a 60% increase in Google image searches for ideas. And we have more than a billion shopping sessions happen across Google every day. So there's more opportunities than ever before to connect with potential customers at key moments across their purchase journey. The second is that people are looking for a more visual, inspirational shopping experience. Uh, The last year has shown us that while shoppers have increasingly turned to digital for their shopping needs, they miss the in-person browsing experience. They miss the experience of being able to walk through a store and browse for ideas, walk through a shopping mall. And digital has increasingly become a place where people look for inspiration and ideas. And it's no longer just a destination for a quick transaction or the thing that you know you need. It's a place where you're looking to sort of walk the bazaar and be inspired. And so to do that, we see a need for more visual shopping experiences, shopping from images, shopping from videos, shopping a screenshot or a browsable experience when when you're shopping on search. And then the third that we're seeing is shopping isn't only online or offline. It's becoming a blend of both. The consumer shopping journey has blended into a hybrid online and offline experience in the last 18 plus months. Increasingly, online experiences inform offline purchases. Uh, For example, we know that people want the confidence of knowing an item is on the shelf before they head out to the store. In fact, 52% of U.S. consumers 
who are planning to shop for the holidays say they'll confirm online that an item is in stock before going to buy it in the store. So consumers have come to expect and rely on the flexibility and ease of the information they could get in the digital environment, even as they go back into physical environments, they want that same information at their fingertips, that same digital assistant with them through the shopping journey. Rapidly closing stores, increasing safety concerns, all these things led to an increase in adoption of these digitally enabled services, such as curbside pickup, same-day delivery. And so we've seen huge pickup and demand for things like curbside pickup uh, to increase by 3,000%. And we continue to see growth in that area, but increasingly we think there's going to be this blend of digital and physical, like the example of checking that something's in stock before you head into the store. And that might have been an in-store journey you would have made prior to the pandemic. But now you want that digital information at your fingertips to know that it's in stock or to be able to check and see what's the best place to get it or what are the reviews about a given product. And these things, you'll look for that digital information even when you're going to make a purchase in the store. Both your number two and number three examples you know, the rubber meets the road kind of at the data and the data integrations, right? So when you're shopping from photos or you see someone down the street and you take a picture and you use lens or other technology to try to figure out what purse they have or what outfit that is or what boots those are, or you want to know, is this really in stock at my store? That's all about the data and also the data not being lost in in silos where it can't be accessed from a variety of endpoints, if you will. Is, is that a fair statement? That's exactly right, Paul. I, I, two things that we've done to really help enable that. One is building up our data set. We spoke about at Google I.O., the shopping graph that we've created, which is built on our knowledge graph uh, technology and a lot of really great uh, AI and machine learning. We have 24 billion plus product listings, and we're marrying that up with all the places a user might seek that information, whether it's across the multiple surfaces that we have at Google, whether that's Google search, image search, YouTube, our discover feeds, our shopping experiences. But then importantly, we're also bringing into physical world experiences. Like you mentioned, Lens, you can use Lens to shop a screenshot. So a lot of people as they're you know perusing the web, finding inspiration, uh, looking through different apps, you know, finding things that they think are inspiring, they'll take a screenshot. They can use Lens to see what that product is, even though it may not have been from a product listing. It may have just been something they saw somebody wearing, but they think, oh, that's a really great look. I'd like to have that too. What is that? And right from the screenshot, Lens will let them shop that product. Uh, But the same thing in the physical world, the people are out in the physical world. And we talked about how people want digital information as they're going back into the physical world. People use Lens to search what they see and now shop what they see. So when you're out in the physical world, even if you're not in a store, you see something that you think is really interesting, whether it's, you know, some really great patio furniture or a pair of shoes on a mannequin, but you don't recognize what they are. You can point your phone at it and it's going to tell you what that product is, where you can get it, what are the reviews about it. And lots of great information that brings that same digital information that you had in the e-commerce world into your physical world shopping experiences. And how are you seeing, you know, brands and retailers responding to these shifts? Are there people who are getting ahead of the curve here or uh, having early success in, in some of these technologies? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. I and mean, we're seeing these trends are really creating a lot of unique new opportunities for merchants. So first of all, just sort of framing this, you know, retail was up almost 6% in 2020, the most growth in well over a decade, despite stores being shut or limited during lockdowns. And much of this growth came from e-commerce. So in fact, e-commerce was up 44% last year. And the biggest omni-channel retailers, no one grew overall sales 
without substantial growth in e-commerce. So it really was the key driver. We've all lived that and experienced it, but it's very clear in the numbers across retail and how much e-commerce drove the biggest year in in retail in, in many, many years and was the primary driver of growth. As retailers are seeing that, they're seeing very clearly that retailers need to meet their customers where they are. The right channel is the one that works for the customer. So with more users turning to digital for inspiration, consideration, and purchase, shopping content and journeys really can begin anywhere. So merchants need to consider building richer experiences across multiple channels. For example, using we're making it so that merchants can meet shoppers, whether it's on search, Google Maps, YouTube. These are all places where there's strong shopping intent. And we're working to make it easier than ever for a merchant to do a single integration to Google, be able to publish all their inventory for free and have that inventory discoverable across any of those surfaces. So in the many different parts of a user shopping journey, it's easy for a user to go from inspiration to the right product from the very best place for them to get that product. A few things I've mentioned around this in terms of some of the things retailers are doing, we've been beta testing integrated shopping experiences in places like videos on demand. So an example of that is with Mondelez's Sour Patch Kids uh, as the company's first creator campaign, and it drove a 3% plus click-through rate on desktop alone over a three-week period. And so now we're piloting a shopping experience on live streams with a handful of creators and brands. And a couple of other things I'd call out that, that retailers are doing to respond to this, we're seeing that retailers are really excited about using new technology to reach and engage shoppers online. I mentioned you know, video, but along with video, there's rich lifestyle imagery and interactive story formats that bring unique brand messages uh, to life online. And retailers really want to enable great loyalty and reward redemptions online. They can meet the user in the moment with the value of the loyalty and rewards programs. And in certain categories like you know, home decor, makeup, and apparel, retailers are experimenting with AR for try-before-you-buy experiences. And it's really giving the user a great opportunity in a digital environment to see what that shade of lipstick might look like on them or how that, uh, how that piece of furniture might look in their home or what that shirt might look like on them. And so these are places that you know, you're able to blend the physical and digital world in those shopping experiences. And so we're seeing retailers really engage there. And then I mentioned previously, third place, that retailers are really, really engaging here, which is where the digital and physical retail worlds continue to blur and omnichannel is gaining ground. Omnichannel has been talked about for 20 plus years with the pandemic and people having such a huge surge in e-commerce. We're now seeing that omnichannel is rapidly gaining ground. As I mentioned before, as people are coming back into the store, they want that same digital information at their fingertips with the in-store experience as well. We're really seeing a new bar for integration of online and offline channels. And retailers are really seriously thinking about a robust omni-channel strategy to deliver cohesive and comprehensive experiences across all these channels. I couldn't agree more. I know that this year I bought a a new couch for my living room and I, I went through that AR VR phase how do I want the living room to look and and shape and general options? But then I still went into a store to physically touch and and feel, you know, that couch to make sure it was the texture and the other things that I I wanted. But it was that multiple channels that, you know, the initial AR VR one narrowing it down what I really wanted in the space. And then the final part of the journey being the store to purchase and to feel it in person. But equally, equally important parts of that journey. Yeah, that's exactly right, Paul. We're seeing that the savviest 
omni-channel retailers are really finding ways to make that a great customer experience and an advantage for them that they're creating great digital experiences, but that tie to their in-store experience exactly like your example of shopping for furniture. I'm kind of excited uh, ever since I heard you were coming on the show because of this next question that I, I want to ask you. You know, last year, Google made headlines when it eliminated commission fees and made it free for merchants to list their products on Google. And earlier this year, Google announced a partnership with Shopify and other e-commerce platforms to make it easier for more merchants to get discovered across Google. So can you speak a bit about the decisions that went into these rollouts? Sure, yeah. Uh, As you know, Google has always been about the democratization of access to information. And we're extending that ethos to the world of commerce, uh, building an open and free commerce ecosystem. Our goal is to build a commerce experience that strengthens the relationship between sellers and their customers without an intermediary necessarily having to stand in the middle. And so we started by reducing the financial barriers for retailers to make all their inventory easily discoverable by consumers. We want to make sure that as people move to the digital world, they have just as much, if not more choice in the digital world than they did in the physical world. It's a a pretty uninteresting world if you wake up in a few years and there's only one place to buy things. We've all had the experience through the pandemic. There's no one retailer that can serve every need of every consumer. And so we started with removing the financial barrier for all the world's retailers to be discoverable online. And And so in doing that, we said, we'll make it free and very simple to list all your inventory, have all of your inventory discoverable. You don't have to pay to make it discoverable. And we're going to work with great commerce platforms so that there's a very simple integration that allows a retailer in the push of a few buttons to have their full inventory discoverable, whether it's on Google search, image search, shopping, YouTube, discovery feeds across our different surfaces these things can become discoverable. And so you know, we've seen that uh, with partners like Shopify, Square, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, GoDaddy, we're seeing really great response from the merchants that run on those platforms that in just a few clicks, they can become discoverable across our experiences. And, and we saw that that was not only a great thing for those merchants, we grew our merchant base by more than 80% last year, it was a great thing for consumers because consumers are able to find much more of the things they were looking for from a much broader set of sellers. In fact, we shared shortly after we made those changes, when we made those changes and made that broader set of inventory discoverable, we saw a 50% plus lift in clicks from consumers on our shopping surface. That 50% plus lift in clicks, that's a whole lot of people that are finding much more of what they're looking for. And importantly, they're finding it from a broader set of sellers. While we saw every size retailer benefited from that change, we saw the small and mid-sized retailers benefited disproportionately. So it really was in this notion of democratizing access, helping those that were struggling the most to meet the consumer in the digital environment. And, and, and you would have seen that through the pandemic this past year, of, you know, the small storefronts uh, that you know needed to get online for the very first time, the local businesses in your community that were trying to meet consumers, even though their storefronts were closed. And so we really saw tremendous benefit across very broad set of merchants with that uh, and consumers really, really engaging with it. I mentioned earlier, our shopping graph, those 24 billion plus listings that we have for millions of merchants, it's really giving us a fantastic ability to 
get the right product in front of the right user at the right moment in time and help that user understand all the attributes about what's the best product for them, what's the best place to buy that product, what are all their options for where to buy that product, whether it's from a really large e-commerce company, a marketplace, an omni-channel retailer, or the small little mom and pop shop down the street in their neighborhood. Right. And I think that that goes back to what we talked about before too. It's that visibility into the deeper data. The first layer of data is, do they carry that product? Have they listed that product? And then do they have that product in, in stock? I think that we're all seeing the challenges with the backup in the ports, uh, with ships sitting out for miles and miles out into the ocean waiting to get in, as well as you know manufacturing uh, disruptions, other things that supply chain and in stock availability of items is becoming more of a challenge than it's been you know possibly in the past. And so having that ability to not only tell you where you can buy the product, but who has it in stock or who can ship it to you in a reasonable time frame is going to be another discerning factor for a consumer's choice. And that's exactly right, Paul. And I think you know, this is a big driver behind us bringing more inventory information onto our platform so that users can see where things are in stock and what are their options for buying, whether it's delivery speeds, buy online, pick up in store, curbside. We've done a lot around that. And the metadata in the shopping graph, pricing, reviews, you know, being able to sort of watch you know, videos about a product or all these kinds of things really help shoppers find the right products from the widest range of merchants. And then interestingly, to your point around things being out of stock and hard to find, and I think, as you mentioned, you know, with supply chain issues, you know, that may continue for some time. We've also seen that having that really rich information helps users not only find where things are in stock and look for all and look for places they could buy those things. It's also helping them find easy alternatives. If you just can't get the exact thing, well, what are other interesting things that might be related to that? And so retailer having their full set of inventory available is more important than ever, both to meet the user where they are with the thing they have in stock, but also even if that thing's not in stock, what are similar things that the retailer might have to offer that user that the user might not have otherwise known about? Yeah, no, all excellent points. You know, I can't help but you know, recognize that since you've made these uh, shifts and announcements, there's been a lot of press about Google wanting to woo sellers away from Amazon. So let's talk about it, Bill. You know, what is it that Google offers that Amazon doesn't? Or would you frame that? Obviously, that's where it's been framed in the press. How would you frame the question and what's the right answer? Well, we work with, you know, retailers of, of every type and size, including the very largest, all the way to the very smallest. And so our role in this is very different in that we're not a retailer. We have no aspirations of being a retailer. We're here to help every retailer be more digitally enabled and more easily meet the consumer in the digital environment. That's really where you've seen us focus on how we can help users meet the merchant in the digital environment and remove barriers between the, the user and the retailer or the merchant connecting directly. So we're bringing more choice, more information, more transparency to these shopping sessions by supporting an open ecosystem where shoppers can connect directly with merchants without disintermediation, know who they're buying from, have full access to information about who they're buying from, what are the attributes of the product, the seller they're buying from, and sellers get to connect with customers directly. Instead of accessing just a transaction, sellers get to gain a customer, not just a transaction, and customers get to understand who they're buying from. Key things that, that we're focused on that we think Google does really well, and it's really additive to the broader retail ecosystem, again, from the very largest 
e-commerce players and omni-channel retailers all the way down to you know small sellers and small businesses, the things that we think we're uniquely equipped to, to bring to the equation are, uh, number one, discoverability. We can do that across multiple surfaces, whether it's search, maps, YouTube, different modes that the, that the user's in. We can help drive discoverability across a number of different formats. Second, comprehensiveness. We're really good when it comes to organizing information, not just for online merchants, but those of physical stores as well. Information, as we were talking about earlier, of what's in stock, uh, all the way to ratings and reviews and prices for online purchases. And, and then the third is technology. From dynamic AI capabilities to consumer technology, such as Google Lens, we can bridge the online and offline and bring commerce to new surfaces. Yeah, I think that that is a, a very wide range of, of capabilities. And, you know, I think at the conferences that have been starting up recently that I've been attending, a lot of the watchwords out there is to be careful of disintermediation. You know, as you get farther and farther away from knowing your customer and the, the data and those elements, it gets harder to control, you know, your brand and your experience and, uh, you know, ultimately your success. So I think the fact that Google is empowering retailers to have all of that directly is, you know, an important uh, attribute for, for retailers to consider. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Paul. And we're really seeing consumers respond to it. Retail has been a very big category for Google for, for 20 plus years, but we're doing more for this category than ever before. And I think I mentioned earlier, we now have more than a billion shopping sessions happen across Google every single day. So consumers are really engaging with the ability to go have easy access to this broad set of sellers and, for, and to really engage directly with retailers and sellers of all sizes and to be able to learn more about the product they're buying, who they're buying it from, what are the value propositions of the different retailers, you know, whether it's you know, omni-channel experiences or sustainability or you know, whatever the retailer is choosing to differentiate on, we're helping the retailer to put those value props forward and meet the user where they are in great moments of digital engagement. And again, we're seeing really great response from consumers on that. And it's a big driver of why we see a billion plus shopping sessions across Google every single day. And what, if anything, can you tell me about some of the enhancements that you see coming for the future in the, the shopping search and the consumer shopping journey? I think we'll see a lot more engagement in visual browsing experiences. This is some of what we've put out there for the holidays around a much more visual and browsy experience on our main search results page, more rich content, rich media, and a variety of sources of influence, whether that's sort of rich brand content, videos, influencers on YouTube, these kinds of things are all having more and more impact on the consumer shopping journey. We're bringing those together in a more holistic experience so that users have access to great information from the retailer, but also reviews and video content and brand content and all these things in one place. We talked earlier about, you know, as users engage more digitally, they miss the visual elements of shopping. They miss window shopping and walking the mall and being able to sort of look for things they didn't know they were looking for and being inspired. And so seeing more of that come into the digital environment, certainly there are the beginnings of that, but we think there's a lot more of that. And we're seeing retailers find really creative ways to engage in that. And you brought up holiday shopping and that you're finding new visual ways to allow people to explore, which I think is so important, right? Like that is the one of the biggest missing elements of going and walking the mall is visually being inspired. Human beings are innately visually oriented creatures. And so 
that uh, visual inspiration, I think, is a huge part. But you did mention all kinds of other elements of things about influencers and trends and other information that people want to to bring into their decisions. This holiday is shaping up to be one of the most unpredictable holidays, I would say, in recent times, both from are people going to go back to stores? How much of the trends that happened from the pandemic of staying indoors, will those trends persist and people will shop primarily online? And then again, we talked a little bit before about supply shortages. Will things even be in stock that you want to get? What are your thoughts as we just turn to holiday? What are some of the big uh, elements that you would mention or hit on? Digital commerce will, will definitely continue to be an area of focus given the heterogeneity and how the pandemic is impacting various areas and in different ways. You mentioned several of those. So we're bringing more choice, more information, more transparency to the shopping experiences to help the user with what in some ways is a more complex journey for them because of that heterogeneity, whether it's, you know, supply chain disruptions or, you know, uh, understanding what's in stock, what's not, or wanting to engage with more sellers in their own community and support their own community as their community is reopening. We think all these things will continue through the holiday season. And a few key trends that we see for the holiday season, one, shopping journeys will increasingly begin online, even when the, the journey ends in the physical store. So when it comes to shopping, you know, people people want the best products, the best price from the broadest range of merchants. And our open ecosystem strategy and our, our new shopping experience on search really allows us to connect shoppers to more products from a variety of retailers, whether those are big box retailers, fully you know online e-commerce players, marketplaces, and direct to consumer brands and local boutiques. So, you know, we think that gives the user, you know, a really great range of choices to engage in that digital environment. We also see people looking for more detailed and timely information online, including, you know, ratings, deals, discounts from loyalty programs, and as you mentioned, availability. And it's not just about availability of whether it's in stock, you know, it's, well, what's the shipping speed going to be? Or could I get it even faster than having a ship because it's sitting on the shelf at a store just down the street from me? And if it is on that shelf at the store down the street from me, do they have curbside pickup? What's their buy online uh, pickup and store look like? All of those things we think, you know, are really important areas of information that consumers will want in these digital shopping journeys. And for merchants, I would say, there's a few things that merchants should be thinking about. First of all, I've mentioned a few times, there's no barrier to a merchant really having their full inventory available and discoverable for users on Google surfaces. It's free. We've created integrations that make it really easy to do that with a number of the commerce platforms. So for retailers, making sure their full inventory is available. I think in the past, when these things were primarily advertising experiences, retailers might have had to think about, well, I'll have my higher margin products online or, you know, I'll have my larger ticket items, uh, you know, available for discovery or even because of shipping, need a certain order size for it to really make sense for online purchase because the cost of shipping. Well, now that we're seeing digital come into the physical world, I think it's knocking down all these barriers. We've knocked down the barrier of making it free and easy to list your full set of inventory, but the ability to say to a user, which things are available for shipping, which things are available in store. And we see retailers really taking advantage of that as they make their full inventory available, that full inventory being, being available also pairs with what are the user's options for how to buy that inventory? And even things that might've been 
too small a purchase price for the retailer to ship it, they can now tell the user, well, it's sitting on our shelf in the store down the street. And that user not only comes in to get that thing they're looking for, they probably end up buying some things to go with it and building a basket around that. And so for the merchant, making sure their full inventory is discoverable, we've made it easier than ever to do so. It's free to do so. And, and, and we're seeing it really drive a lot of engagement with consumers. Second thing I'd mention is that search for deals will begin early. Users have always gone through this in the holidays of certain items were going to sell out, but especially after the year we had in 2020 and the fact that there's continuing supply chain disruptions, people are going to be looking earlier and earlier for their holiday shopping journeys. And not only will that holiday shopping start earlier, the search for deals is going to begin early. It's not the case that people are going to wait for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's only mid-October and we've already seen holiday sales starting to pick up. And we see that people are increasingly looking for ways to save money. In fact, we've seen that surges for discount code have increased 50% since last year. 44% of U.S. consumers who are planning to shop for the holidays say they'll start their shopping earlier than they did last year. And they had started earlier last year than they had in prior years. So we're rolling out a few new ways to find deals uh, from Google. For example, starting this month, when people search for deals during major sales moments, like Black Friday deals or Cyber Monday deals, they'll see a new section highlighting relevant deals alongside other related sales information. We also have product specific deals section on Google Shopping. For instance, if you're searching for air fryer, you may see a new section that will organize and show you air fryers that are competitively priced or discounted from retailers across the web all in one place. And all these features provide retailers a free way to get discovered by shoppers who are looking to save this holiday season. And then one final one, we've touched on it a bit. People will continue to shop from new formats. We've seen a 60% increase in Google image searches for ideas. According to our research, a remarkable 70% of customers buy a brand after seeing it on YouTube. So we're bringing new commerce experiences to image formats through Lens, which I mentioned earlier. And we have more that we'll share on YouTube as well. So, you know, tip for merchants around that, you know, using rich imagery and video is a great way to engage with customers, tell your brand story and help customers get more of that feel for who they're buying from in the digital environment. Wow. So many great insights and vision on where this is headed. I think we could have this show go double its length and uh, we still wouldn't run out of things to, to talk about. But you know, to wrap things up, I want to go ahead and pre-invite you to be on the October 2025 show where we can talk. I want to see if drone wait time will be one of the attributes of a product listing, drone delivery wait time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for sharing that with everyone. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's, uh, great to talk to you. And uh, yeah, we'll have a lot more that we're doing in the space. We're committed to retail and definitely look forward to sharing that with you as we continue the journey. You've been listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. If you would like to be considered as a guest on our show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at media at rethink.industries. You can help support our team at Rethink Retail by dropping us a rating and review on your iTunes podcast app. To each and every one of you, thanks so much for tuning in. Retail never sleeps. See you next week.